What a wonderful time it is to be in the house of God. And the reason we call it the house of God is because we invite him to dwell here. We invite him to come and, and not only in this physical building that we've dedicated to him because it, it is just a building. Sometimes people get a little confused, but it's a house of God because we're gathered together in one accord. Those of us that have a relationship, those of us that believe in Jesus and have accepted uh, him and, and surrender our lives to him. And so when we get together, it's, it's the house of God. It's like if your house is the house of Michael or the house of John, this is the house of God. And so we always want to honor him. Can we give him a hand clap of praise tonight? Now, <clears throat> I want to share a personal secret with you, but I have to trust that you won't tell anybody, okay? What are you laughing for? I think some of you, this is going to be an exercise in trust, all right? You promise not to tell anybody? Look, some of you are like, I'm not lying in church. I'm going to tweet my friend. I'm going to text my friend. Okay, it's Facebook, Instagram. Don't put it up, okay? But I need to know that I can trust you, okay? Thanks to modern technology... I'm able to hide a little bit or indulge in my vanity and hide a physical flaw that you may not be aware of. Some of you are like, what is it? I don't have 20-20 vision, right? If I didn't have contact lenses in, I couldn't see this gentleman on the front row, right? And some of you, how many of you wear corrective lenses? You got to put your blast out there, but... Okay, so modern technology gives us the opportunity for us to see things that we couldn't see before. Now, as I get closer to 40, I'm, my eyesight's getting a little wonky. I can't see far away, right? I can see close up. But I've noticed lately that when I'm looking at something with my contacts in, if it's too close, I got to pull it a little further away. Now, for a while, I thought my, con uh, my contact prescription was off until one of my lovely older saints said, ooh, you might need bifocals. Well, you laughed. I didn't laugh. I said, oh, no, no, no. Well, you're hitting 40. I said, no, no, we're going to pray. I might even fast over that. No, 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 no. But they had to let me know that nature takes its course in everyone. And so we'll see at the next eye doctor appointment, okay? We'll see at the next eye doctor. And, and I do wear glasses. I don't normally wear them when I come here. Again, I told you I'm vain. I'm just being honest, okay? But then when I do, people are a little surprised uh, when they see me with them on and they're thinking, I didn't know, but contacts allow you to hide that, right? It's one of those things that I absolutely love. But the Lord is always working on us. And I trust the Holy Spirit's working on me and he'll work on you. You won't tell anybody, okay? Three people laugh. Okay, some of y'all are like, nah, I'm about to tell everybody. What does that secret have to do with you? Why would I start that off? Well, a lot of people can relate to it. And I want to use this example as a spiritual principle about God. That's what we came to church to talk about. We came to talk about Jesus. We came to learn something. And so we learn it as we, we're able to preach or teach or able to fellowship or able to read the word and pray. And there's always a principle God wants us to see. Many of us are starting off this new year spiritually blind. And you may be thinking, not me, my neighbor maybe, but not me. No, many of us are starting off spiritually blind. Our eyes are closed to the truth and we're not using the resources that are readily available to see clearly. 
Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about politics or finances or your New Year's resolution about health, though you probably should work on that. I have one every year, and I'll probably have one by the end of this year as well. We all have to work on that, but I'm talking about our relationship with God. That has to be, if we're starting off a new year, a new decade, that has to be the most paramount thing, the most important thing that you see clearly on. If you don't see clearly on your relationship with God, then I, I don't care what your resolution is. I don't care what you plan on doing this year. It's not going to come out right. It's not going to come to fruition. It's not going to uh, reach its full potential. Because unless your relationship with God, ultimately with Jesus Christ, if that is not as clear as clear can be, and you have your eyes closed to the truth of Christ, it's going to be a dangerous year for you. And I just have to be honest about that. As a matter of fact, the Bible reminds us in Malachi 3, Malachi being an older book, a book in the Old Testament, that the Lord says, I change not. Now that's his words. I change not. That doesn't mean he's some old grumpy guy in the sky who's stuck in his ways. That's not what it means. What it means is that his character is unshakable. His purpose for our lives are very clear. And he wants to walk with us in this journey. And he wants us to walk with him. He doesn't want you to not have a relationship. He doesn't want you to have a, a, a semblance of understanding who he is. Oh, I know God. I can even spell Jesus. No, he wants you to have a real, honest relationship with him. He wants you to have your eyes open. He wants you to see him for who he is. And a lot of times, some people, maybe some people here tonight, you've come into this, uh, into this church tonight and you're thinking, you know what, one of my New Year's resolutions is I know I need to do better with faith, I need to be, do better with Jesus, I need to be, so I'm going to start coming to church. If all you're going to do is just come to church and you're not actually going to engage in a relationship with him, by February or March you're going to stop coming. That's, that's the truth. A relationship is what keeps you. If God is only an acquaintance that you casually talk to from time to time, then he's not that important in your life. And if he's not that important in your life, then you are walking very, very blindly. Your eyes are closed. Now let's go to the Bible to illustrate this point. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, there's a few verses that I want us to read in a minute. At this point, before we read the verses, I want to give you some context. Jesus is traveling around Israel, and he's doing a lot of miracles. And guess what? Everybody's hearing about them. Everybody is hearing about them. The word is spreading. And he's traveling with 12 men who are his inner circle, and then some other men and women. And they're traveling around. They're going from town to town. He's telling them that God wants a relationship with them, and he is the physical presentation, representation, he is God in flesh. And so he's trying to appeal to them. And along the way, he does miracles. He does miracles to show them who he is. To just say, I'm not some fly by night. This is the real deal. Now, mind you, the people of Israel throughout the whole Old Testament of the Bible, they're constantly looking forward to this Messiah. They're constantly looking forward to God coming and wanting a relationship with them. And Jesus 
is the fulfillment of that. And so people are, are starting to get it. And so he's going around and he's doing these. And he arrives at a village near a lake called Bethsaida. And when he arrives at this village, there's an, an interesting encounter that happens. Now, the funny thing about this is this morning, uh, one of our pastors here, William Carroll, he spoke and he used this same scripture. Now, at first I was a little put off because I thought, uh-oh, you know, if well, he preaches a message this morning, what am I going to preach tonight? But he took it from a, an amazing point of view where he talked about having the vision that God has for you and that when he opens your eyes, you begin to see him clearly. So I'm not going to take it from that. You can go on our website and you can listen to the 10 a.m. But I want to talk about it in a practical context of your relationship with God. We're going to read through the whole story. It's very short. It's only about four verses. And then I want to break it down for a few minutes. So let's read. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him, meaning Jesus, to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Now that's a very interesting story. Right before this story, because that's not the only story in that chapter. Right before this story, Jesus was feeding 5,000. How many of you have heard about Jesus feeding 5,000, the miracle of that? He was feeding 5,000 and his disciples were, and he was asking his disciples if they understood that miracle of feeding the 5,000. And so they had a little bit of discourse. Then they go into this village and this story happens. And then right after this story, we see him with his disciples again. And he's asking them, who do you say that I am? And they're finally getting it. And they're saying, you're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're God. You want to have a relationship with us. And in the middle of that moment, this story occurs between those two pieces and I want us just to kind of piece it out a bit and go through it so that we see how that relates to us today. Because everything that happens in the Bible, we're able to look through the lens of Jesus and see how it can relate to us. Now, some of it's historical, so it's teaching you basically, hey, here's an example. Don't follow this. Or here's an example. This is how you should act. So what does this story relate to you and I today in 2020? The first thing Jesus does is lead the blind man out of the village. That's the first thing he did. He took the blind man out of the village. And this is an important note, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute. But the question is, why couldn't he just heal them right there in front of everybody? Why, why couldn't Jesus just go up, lay his hands on his eyes, be healed, and keep it moving? He'd done it before. But in this particular case, he was trying to get to something. What Jesus was showing him when he took him by the hand is that he wants this personal relationship with him. And when we get into a personal relationship with Jesus, a lot of times he has to change the scenery. He has to change the environment that we're in because it may not be the best for us. We're associating with people or living in an environment or sticking around somewhere that isn't good. And Jesus has to take us out of that place so he can get our full undivided attention. 
He wanted a one-on-one with this man. And he said, we can't do it in this village. All these people, they're just waiting to see a miracle. They don't even care. And the funny part is they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus said, it's okay. Come with me. Let's go out of this village because I want to talk to you. I want, I want to have a personal encounter with you. Jesus wants the same for you. Folks, he doesn't just want an encounter with the people who speak and teach and sing from here. He doesn't just want an encounter with the older Christians. He wants an encounter with you. He wants a relationship with you. So he may have to pull you out of where you are. Now, I'm not some of you saying, yes, Lord, I'm trying to leave New York City. This is it. That's not what I'm saying. That may be it, but this is not your ticket out of here. There may be another situation, something you're in, and you have to understand that if you're still in a situation that's keeping you blind, you need to step on up out of there. It's no good for you. And if Jesus is taking you by the hand, get to walking. The next thing he does is very strange, and I'm a bit of an OCD person, all right? So when I read this part of the story, I'm I'm just going to be honest. Can I be honest with you? I thought, this is kind of nasty. I don't understand why Jesus had to do this. But the Bible says he spit in his hands and then put them on the man's eyes. And I thought, now why would Jesus have to do that? Why would he have to do that? The Bible doesn't say why he used saliva, why he decided to do that. But I started thinking about it. I started thinking about it in the context of I have contacts. And sometimes when it's windy, different things, my contacts will dry out. Anybody who has, wears contacts know that, right? You get dry eye and you have to lubricate the eye. You, I have drops. Now, bear with me on this. There are sometimes you don't have drops on you. Some of y'all know where I'm going. But I'm telling you, your eye won't open. That contact is so dry. So I wash my hands, and God gives me natural drops off my tongue. How many of you have ever used your spit to wet your contact, and you're thinking, I hope nobody ever knows this, but I just put my blast out here. But it works. It works. So I thought, you know what? Again, this is God always trying to do something to that. Maybe his blindness was causing his eyes to be dry. And Jesus knew the perfect salve to put on there. If there's anybody spit you want in your eyes, you want it to be Jesus. I'm just telling you. Ain't no germs up in there. What does that mean for you and I? Folks, there are times in our life where we are dry. But the Bible says that Jesus, if you're dry and thirsty and you come to him, he will fill you up. He's the water. He is the water is always represents life. You can't have life without water. Water represents life. And he is that to us. He says, you who are dry and thirsty, come to me. I will fill you up. I will be that water to you. I will give you that life. I will be that spring. That spring that fills you up. Overflowing. So when we're dry, we need that hand of Jesus 
We need that water of life to fill us up. And that's what he was showing with that man. The first thing you need is to know that you're dry and I need to touch you. In your blindness, you have become dry. Maybe it's in your heart or your mind. Now, the blind man responded to what Jesus does by saying that he can see people, but not clearly, because Jesus asked him in that moment, what can you see now? And the blind man says, I can see people. In fact, they look like trees walking around. Well, now we've gotten progress. He was blind, but now he can see people, but they look like trees. Again, I thought, why trees? Why did they look like trees? Do you know in a forest, if you're walking down the street and you see one tree, it's pretty clear to know that's a tree, right? You can identify it. It's a marker. We have some that line the different sidewalks. But when you go into a forest and all of a sudden there's a bunch of trees, you can get confused. You can become disoriented. You can lose your way. Any hiking guide would tell you if you're going hiking in the forest, mark the trees as you go along so you can find your way back. Because though they're distinct and they're individual, when, they're, when there's a lot of them, you, you're not going to be able to figure it out, right? So why trees? I thought, well, you know what? That can be like people. If we allow people to crowd out what we need in a relationship with Jesus, or if we put them on some pedestal or we go after them, guess what? We become disoriented. We lose sight of what's important. And ultimately, it can lead us to getting lost, lost along the way, not where we need to be. See, we have a bad tendency to place our trust in people instead of God. We find our purpose or think our vision will come from them only to end up disappointed or worse, blind. And it's not that God is against people. You have to hear me on this. God is not against him at all. He created them in his image and he loves them passionately. He loves every person, the person to your left and your right, the person behind you, in front of you, your enemy, the person who just really gets on your nerves. Jesus loves them. He created them. And he wants a personal relationship with each one of them. Should they choose to open their heart and mind to him and have one? And that's what we have to remember. If we're not careful, our vision will stay cloudy. And we'll only see people as trees. We'll see them as objects instead of how God sees them. And we'll treat them and allow them to treat us in a manner that is not honoring to the image they bear, which is God. So he has to remind us, first and foremost, don't get caught up with other people. You have to love them with your heart, yes, and God will change you if you don't naturally love people. But don't let them become a forest that causes you to get lost. Next comes the completion of this progressive miracle. Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and they were fully opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see clearly. See, Jesus will never leave us in a haze. That's not how he works. He's a God of completion. He is a God of completion. He is not. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He didn't get here and say, well, I did all I could. 
got to where I could, time to go to the cross. No, he said it is finished. I came to do everything I wanted to do. God is not half-hearted. God does not come just a little bit of the way. God goes all the way. And in your life, he wants to go all the way. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He has a destiny. And I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm talking about he has a purpose for you. He wants you to know that. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to see clearly. Think about it. He gave us the Bible as a written guide. He talks with us in prayer to deal with our current situation. And he places his spirit within us to give us clarity of vision and the purpose that he has for our life. He wants us to become the person that he wants us to be. And when you start becoming the person Jesus wants you to be, oh man, there's nothing that can stand in your way. No enemy can stand in your way. Nothing. You can't even stand in the way of yourself because you begin to surrender your life to him. That's good news starting 2020, right? Now hold up. Let's finish the story. We got one verse left. This is important. After all this, the man was pretty... I'm sure he was overwhelmed and ready to tell everybody. If I was blind and I could see, trust me, I would tell people. I know I told you to keep my secret in the earlier, but let me tell you, if you told me you was blind and now you can see, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would tell everybody. I would go on to Broadway and Times Square. I would get TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. I would go on blogs. I would tell everybody I was blind and now I can see. Wouldn't you? Don't play. You know you would. You'd start a whole website, get a t-shirt, was blind, now see, hashtag 2020. Don't even play. You know you would. But Jesus stopped him and sent him away with a warning. He said, on your way home, don't go back to that village. Hmm, now that's an interesting thought. Obviously, that's not where he was from. I don't know how he ended up in that village, but he wasn't from there. So Jesus said, now when you go home, don't go back through that village. Once you begin this relationship with Jesus and you understand his purpose, your life is becoming clearer every day. Don't go back to your old habits. Don't go back to the old situations. Don't go back into those things that you know will create you to be cloudy and end up blind again. Don't do it. And you're thinking, oh, it's harder than what you say. Folks, I got issues. Ask Elder Jerry at the end of the service. He'd have a line. He'd have to be here 20 minutes just to name one issue. I got a lot of issues. But you know what? The Holy Spirit lives within me. And every day that I cultivate that relationship with him, every day that I spend in prayer, every day I spend in fellowship, God works on me to make sure that my vision stays clear, to make sure that my eyes are wide open. That's what Christ wants from us. He doesn't want you to go back to that place. That would be a shame. He wants you to move forward. Purpose isn't moving backward. Purpose is moving forward. Vision isn't moving backward. Vision is moving forward. And that's what Jesus wants. That's why a relationship is so important. 
You have to keep in mind, Jesus could have simply spoken this man's healing into into existence. Or he could have just touched him. He had done so many other healings. But in this particular case, he wanted this man to go on a journey with him. He wanted him to have an encounter with the living God. He wanted him to know that you, as an individual, you matter to me. I care about you. I love you. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to open your eyes for you to see clearly. And I'm going to show you the way. And as as Pastor William Carroll so eloquently said this morning, the first thing he saw when he opened his eyes was Jesus. When our eyes are open, the first thing we need to see is Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith is what the Bible says. And then the Bible tells us to always keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because the moment you start looking to the left and to the right, it gets a little cloudy. I want to ask you something. How are you starting this new year? How are you starting this new decade? Are you still wandering around the village blind? Is Jesus just a new year's resolution for you? Or do you want clarity in your vision? Do you want to know the purpose? You know, people are always trying to figure out their purpose on earth, their purpose for living. But their eyes are closed to the one and only person who could give them that purpose, Jesus. Let your eyes be wide open to him. Let your eyes begin to see him, begin to walk with him. The most important thing you can do in 2020 is to make sure that you have a solid, growing relationship with Jesus. Get out of the village. Get to him. Let him touch you. Let him know that this is a personal walk. Let him open your eyes wide to see him. Only Jesus can give you the meaning of life. Only Jesus can explain to you why he has you here. But if you're walking around with your eyes closed, if you are in a place of blindness, you can't walk anywhere I want to ask you the the, the question. I want to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision. The only resolution you'll ever need to make. And that's a relationship with Jesus. It will change your life. He wants you to live with your eyes wide open. And so I want you, if you don't have this relationship with him, If your relationship is rocky, I want to invite you to step out of your seat and to join me down here because we want to pray with you. Don't go the rest of the year blinded. Walk in truth. Open your eyes. See Christ clearly starting today, this evening. If you came here tonight to a church and you didn't know Jesus or you had a rocky relationship, you came for a reason. Let tonight be the reason that you walk out of here knowing him. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you that we can know the way forward. 
that we can know the the way to purpose, that we can know the reason for living. We can know that you're the life, that we can know you. God, that you are not out in the cosmos somewhere, but you want a personal relationship with us through Jesus. Now, God, I, I pray for my brothers and my sisters, those that have joined us down front. God, I pray that as they leave this place, their heart would be open. Their mind would be open. There would be a desire to want to read the word, to read the Bible and understand what you're saying. Get to know your character. Read the, the stories. See how they apply to their life. God, that they would talk to you. That's what prayer is, just talking to you. And I, I ask that they would just talk to you and that you would speak back to them. I pray they would find fellowship. If it's in this church, then, oh God, we welcome them with open arms. But if they're visiting with us and they can't make it here, that they would find somewhere that would open their arms and, and love on them and walk with them. Because all of us have been in the same place before where our eyes were touched by you and they were opened wide and we saw you. And now we know how amazing it is. We know how great it is. We know how awesome it is. So God, I thank you for their boldness to come down here and say, I too am going to walk, not just in 2020, but 2021 and 2022 and however long they're walking on this planet, they're going to walk with you. They're going to tell others, Lord, I pray they shout it from the rooftops. Post it on their Instagram. Today, hashtag Jesus Day. Today is all about new beginnings in Jesus. We thank you for that. And we love you.